0: Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to Roar. Welcome to the podcast, the coolest podcast, according to me. Um, I am very excited to be here, very excited to have a little conversation with you guys, talking about the word, talking about the Lord. And um, I want to get into a few things. The Lord has been doing a lot in my life. Um, Quick life update as of the time of recording this I just got married, so I have a wife, and that is one of the coolest things, I think. Um, If you get the chance to, get married. It's really awesome. And I think it's fun because I know you say certain things and there's people, people love to critique and you would say something like that. And you can almost just hear the people say, well, when you've been married long enough or when you've, and God doesn't operate like that. He doesn't look at us and go, well, when you've been saved long enough, you'll understand how rough life is or how hard it's going to be. God is an overcomer. He is absolute dominion. He is absolute love. And so no matter what season of life you're in, if you've been married 20 years, you've never been married or you've just gotten married, there can still be that continual freshness of God and freshness with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says God's mercies are new every day. You know, God works in cycles, This isn't what I'm getting into today, but I think it's a good freebie. God works in cycles. He has seasons and times that cycle continually. You have winter every year. You have summer, spring, fall, right? That is a seasonal cycle that hits. You have the monthly, the lunar cycle. God's calendar is based on the lunar cycle. So, I mean, there's different things that that come back and forth that the Lord, he operates that way. There's a freshness to him. He doesn't change. The Bible says he is the I am. Right there's a there's a eternal aspect, and that cycle is kind of a way that in time that eternity can can exist, if you will. So I think it's important that no matter what season of life you're in, you can keep that freshness. And so I'm excited, and I like the freshness of being just married. And I pray that the Lord helps me to keep that freshness. You know, I, I, there's a there's a hope and a goal that we can aim at, and that heart. Actually transitions kind of into what what I was wanting to share a little bit today, and it's in Psalms ninety four. And what I'm going to share, I think the the reality of it. I'm going to start later on in the chapter, and then I'm going to go back. Um, there's some really good stuff here. I'm gonna I'm just going to read and uh, real quick for those of you also. I just kind of started going. This is your first time listening to the podcast. If you don't know who I am, my name is Samuel Spellman. Um, I grew up in Kansas. Love the Lord. Um, you know, just this podcast, I really felt in my heart to just start sharing just some of the things that God has, has placed in my heart. And I wanted it to be a place where the revelations of who Jesus is and how he's revealed himself to me and the people that I have on the podcast, I want it to be shared so that there's a full revelation of who our Redeemer is, because there's a way that the enemy is constantly the enemy of our souls, the devil, Satan, the accuser. There's a way that, that he tries to skew the vision of who God is, who we are, what it's all about. And I just want this podcast just to be a, a clean a clean plate, if you will. And we get into the Word, we read the Bible, we get into Scripture. We just let the Holy Spirit work with us in the Spirit of God who resides on the inside of every believer, um, follower of Jesus, that He he leads us. Jesus said when he ascended, right, when he was raised from the third day, he goes up to heaven. He says, I'm sending one. Right before, he, he says, I'm sending one just like me. That's the Holy Spirit. And he's just like Jesus. He leads us. He, he works with us um, every single day. So we're going to get into this. 94, verse 12. I'm going to kind of read a little bit here, and then I'm going to back up and get the context of it. But he says this. Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law to give him rest from days of trouble until a pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage or his family. For justice will return to the righteous and for all the upright in heart will follow it. Notice he connects in this psalm David, he's, he's talking about how the Lord, the heart posture, and the law of how God operates. And when, when we're under this new covenant, the law is more of just the behavioral fruit, if that's a word, behavioral, I don't know if that's a word or not, the behavior fruit of how we operate. Because Jesus always brought everything back to the heart. Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he goes through this huge discourse, and he talks about, you've heard it said, but I say unto you. And he took things that used to just be external behavior and he directly connected it to the heart. For instance, he said, You've heard it said, do not commit adultery. I say to you, whoever looks at a woman with lust has committed adultery with her in the heart. So Jesus made the physical things about the heart, he took it all the way back to the root. And so in the Psalm, he takes it back to the root and a righteous man has a position with the Lord that you can communicate because when your heart is pure and full of love, there's an authority that you walk in when you see behavior. There's a In that behavior is not for judging other people or fixing other people, but you can appeal to the Lord, the righteous judge of all the earth for behavior that you know is not love because you operate in loving behavior. You operate in loving kindness. Your heart is there. Your vision is clear. And so there's this balance where sometimes people look and they say, well, in order to love, I can't stand in the truth. And that's not, that's a that's a lie. You can stand in truth. Jesus never violated the law. He said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill it. When the law is in the context of love, when truth, when the ways of doing life is under the umbrella, the covering of love patience, kindness, goodness. Look at Corinthians. What is love? Long-suffering holds no account of any wrong done to it, right? Whenever that pure motive, pure vision, pure heart is there, then there's a there's an authority and a strength that you can stand in where when you see deception, you know, because all that sin really is is it's just deception. It's just blindness, you know? Um, I heard it said this way. You don't look at a blind man and get angry with him if he bumps into something. You know if you see someone who's blind they f- they physically cannot see where they're going. And they may be bump into the wall or they kind of brush against you. You're not going to look at them and go, "Whoa, dude, look where you're going." No, they they can't see wh- how rude and how 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 arrogant and how painful it would be if you're blind and you you can't see anything. You have no idea where you're going. You're struggling to even get your bearings. There's fear you're dealing with, you're dealing with anxiety, timidity, and you have all this emotional pocket of fear and concern, you're struggling, there's pain. And then to have someone come at you and go, wham, dude, look where you're going. It only further imprints that into the soul. And see, Jesus came to say, no, no, no. I want you to be able to see I am the light. The Bible says that we are a light, a city on a hill. Right. So when we see someone stumbling in sin or in darkness, in blindness, they can't see what they're doing, they don't see how they're hurting themselves, they don't see how they're hurting one another. There's a way that you can come at it. There's a way that you can can address it. And that's what this psalm's talking about. He goes in in the beginning of it, he's he's talking very clearly with this stern um sober words because there's a lot of pain that's happening. People are being hurt, not just him personally, but other people are being hurt. There's a, there's a deception that's there. And so then when he gets to verse 12, when he's talking about blessed is the man whom you discipline, in other words, the person who's blind that receives guidance and direction from Jesus, from the Lord, from the Father, from the Word of God, from the Bible, there's a, there's a direction about his life and there's a gentleness that he takes because that humility will be a protection from arrogance and from you furthering, the pain, you know, because arrogance just kicks the bucket down the road, you know. Um, people that, that struggle with pride, you know, all pride is, is a coping mechanism. It's just a way to feel secure when you have no covering and protection. But see, Jesus came that he might become, the Bible calls him the husband, right? The verbiage, and again, I've just been married, so this verbiage kind of, it's, it's an image of Christ in the church, a marriage is. And, you know, the bride has a covering and a protection. Let's just go back to the garden. The very first, you know, first moment sin came in, it wasn't until Adam, the man, ate the fruit that God even came in into the situation. Because until then, Eve, his wife, was under his protection, his covering. You know, if she struggled with something, there was a covering that was there to keep her safe. So she wasn't exposed to the elements, exposed to right, right? And see, Jesus becomes that covering when we enter into relationship with him, when we receive him into our heart. It's like a marriage. He becomes that safe place that we can come to him naked in in every emotion, every hurt, every pain. We can pray to him and say, Lord, I'm feeling this way. The secret place where you pray and you worship the Lord, you have those intimate moments, that emotional release that we get to experience is directly because he's in the position of a husband. And a husband, if you're a natural husband, you get to be that place for your wife where as she works through things because God made women different than men and he made us as the bride of Christ in the earth, we operate different than how Jesus operates. The Bible says there is one judge. Of all the earth. And it's Jesus. There's one mediator. You look at Revelation, it says, Who is worthy to open the seals? This judgment that's coming. The Bible in Revelation calls it the wrath of the Lamb. There is one who is just and worthy in the earth. And he operates in that place of covering for us. Jesus, the Bible says he makes intercession for us and us as the body of Christ. When we see someone in darkness and in sin, this psalm is a psalm of intercession. This is a psalm where even though you might look at it and say, man, these are some strong words. They're, they're words from a place of groaning of Lord. We, this, this needs to be loved, right? He says this, O Lord, God of vengeance, in the verse 1 of Psalms 94, he introduces he's, who he's talking to, what side of the Lord he's talking about. He's, he, he opens up the Lord. And see, in the Old Testament, the names of God were a big deal. Um, how the, they addressed the Father was a big deal. And so he's opening God of vengeance shine forth. He's talking about light because where there's clean, clear justice— There's no place for sin and destruction and pain, right? See, pain and stuff and hurt, it dwells in the shadows. It's not exposed. It's not in the open. It's not being dealt with. It's not being talked about. And see, that's why people go to counselors. They go to, and they should go to their pastors. That's where the pastoral gift comes in. It's a place to talk and expose these hurt areas so that the sin and the death and the, the pain and the dysfunction can be exposed. And when vengeance comes from the Lord, he justly, in love, brings forth these things. That's why we have police because if the police systems or the judicial systems of just natural government come in, they're they're actually operators on the Lord's behalf. The Bible says, I think in Peter, it talks about the authorities. God sets kings in their position. He sets authority. Why? So that it can be a protection for people, so that the wickedness that tries to cr- creep around in men's heart can be exposed. And those who can't take a rebuke, like it talks about in verse 12, "'Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach.'" Those that can't receive teaching because of hurt, because of dysfunction, because of pain, because of habits, because of sin, abuse, whatever reason—that's why the just come. The justice system is even even exists in our world. Some of these things that people can easily look at and we can judge surface level. Well, that person was wrong because they didn't blah blah blah, or they da 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 instead of realizing these systems that are in place, they're not just a system for control or for pain. They're actually a system that's there for protection if love is connected to it, obviously. And when love is not connected, that's why the Bible says pray for those in leadership that you might lead a peaceful and quiet life serving after the Lord. So in the epistles, God covers all bases here. Not only does he set people in positions of authority, Not just in the body of Christ, um, five-fold ministry gifts, pastors, um, elders in churches and bodies, the natural home, the husbands, the wives, over the kids. He sets these people in these positions of authority. He doesn't just set them there just to put them there. They're actually for protection. And he then goes to those who are under those positions of authority. He says, now I want you to pray for them that I might lead them, that the true judge of all the earth might be the one influencing their decisions, that they might have clear vision to judge accurately, unbiased, that they might have wisdom to, to see these things. And this just system of life is clearly displayed in Psalms 94 he goes on and he talks about, rise up, O judge of all the earth, and repay to the proud what they deserve. Because there comes a point where if there's no correction brought, then dysfunction just can just keep reproducing, reproducing, reproducing. Hurt can keep reproducing, reproducing, reproducing. But the Lord is so patient. He knows the exact time And I want to say that out of my spirit. He knows the exact time of when to release a word, when to bring about, okay, we need to, we need to change this. There's, there needs to be an adjustment here or this position of power has been abused. We need to bring somebody else in or there needs to be, you know, God knows the exact time he is patient and he knows in the system, he knows the end from the beginning. He knows exactly when a word can be introduced, when the heart can receive it. And so this is a moment that God knows these words need to be spoken. So the spirit of Lord's even impressing upon him as he writes these words in this song, in in this Psalm, in Psalm 94. And he goes on in verse three, Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked exalt or be exalted? They pour out their arrogant words and the evildoers, they boast and they crush your people, O Lord. They afflict your family. They kill the widow. That's the victim. A widow, she can't defend herself. She needs help. She needs these things. They kill the widow and the traveler, the one who's not in their home, has no place to lay their head. They, they come at these innocent people. So he's talking about this. They murder the fatherless, the orphans, and they say, God doesn't even know what's going on. The God of Jacob, the one God of all the earth, he doesn't see what's going on. We'll get away with it. No one cares that we hurt these people. They'll just get over it. No one saw them get hurt. The words like he's dealing with an arrogant situation and he's interceding on the innocent's behalf. He's interceding on the people that have been afflicted from this pride and from this arrogance by Authority. He's he's working all of these things, and he says this in verse eight: Understand the dullest of people, or people that are foolishness, or just they don't they don't see the deceived people. When will you be wise? He who has planted the ear, does he not hear? He who has formed the eye, does he not see? So now he's addressing this leadership that's been walking in arrogance, thinking they can get rid of, get away with whatever they want. They can hurt whoever they want. No one sees. He's addressing, he says, you acting foolish in this place of authority. Don't you know? The God who's given you an ear, he's formed your eye, he sees, he hears. He who disciplines the nations, does he not have a rebuke or something to say to you? He who teaches man knowledge, the Lord knows the thoughts of man, and they are but a breath. And he very clearly brings in the position of God in the earth and where he stands with man. And that fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is the beginning of wisdom. Us understanding we were made in the image of God. But the fact that God knows everything about it, he's not concerned, he knows everything going on, do not worry because he knows. And Jesus came in Matthew, he says, don't you know your father who sees in secret will reward you openly? Don't you know the father who hears in secret? And he's very clear to address the arrogance. Read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. I know I talked about this if you want a little homework to kind of see some context of how Jesus even connected to Psalms 94, goes into some things, read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and hear the heart behind how the Lord addresses these things. Because he's very clear. God is very clean. He's very pure. He's filled with light. And I love how he says that in verse 14 of this. He says, for the Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. For justice will return to the righteous and all the upright in heart. And the deepest part of your soul will follow it. The Lord's for you guys. He's not against you. I just wanted to share a few of these thoughts that the Lord's been just, he's been working through my heart with with understanding the balance between a position and a relationship and how both of those things, they're married together and they don't have to be separate. You don't just have to have a good relationship You know, and then the position just kind of get washed and you just position doesn't really matter. You know, the authority place doesn't really matter. And you don't just have to have this position of I'm this, I'm that. And there never be an open relationship of the heart. There's a way that both of these things are married together. And the word does a good job of showing us that. And so I just wanted to encourage you guys. Don't be discouraged. If you're in a place of leadership and position and you're struggling to connect with those that you know you're, you're having to lead. Understand the heart of the matter. Those of you who are being led, and you don't want to have people over you, understand that there's protection in leadership. There's protection in that position. When and you can work both of these. And the Lord is a he does he's a master of the heart. He's a master. He's the he's the great sculptor. He's formed every single one of us. All of the every facet of who we are. He knows every thought and uh, he's for us. He's not against us. And he sent his son and his Holy spirit to lead us, to guide us and to be the example for everything in life. So uh, I love you guys. Thank you for checking out the podcast. This one went a little long, but it's always good because the Lord, he's faithful. He's good. God is good. There's a way that we can handle situations in life in clear, clean vision. Vision. And that's what I want for you guys. And that's what I'm seeking the Lord for. And I'm praying for every single day because there's a freshness that can be available every day. I love you guys. For more information about myself, the ministry, please check out the description of the podcast, the little cutout, um, or on the video if you're watching on YouTube, check the description as well. If you'd like to have me come and speak, or if you're a minister and you'd, you'd love to, to get to know more, um, I am available to come and and love on, on people and minister if you'd love to have just anything that the Lord's maybe ministered through the podcast or through that you've seen and you, you really would like that and you think it would be a blessing, please reach out to me as well on there. There's ways to get in touch that way. If you want to support the podcast, there's ways to give and support keeping this thing going. You know, It it costs money to do a lot of these things. And so if you feel in your heart impressed to give in any way, feel free to, again, check the description. All of that information is available there for you. Please check out the website, spellmanministries.org. It's on there. It should be in the description as well. So um, I think that's all the niceties that you got to hit, but thank you guys